0: What's up, familia? This is Day Spring.
1: And Michelle.
2: And Sean, aka Left Baron Live.
0: And Familia, we have two very special guests on the podcast today. They are the stars of Hulkling and Wiccan Love
3: is Power. Please welcome our Hulkling Nathaniel and our Wiccan Evan. Hey guys, I'm Nathaniel. Nice to meet ya. Hi and Evan, nice to meet you too. Hey Evan, what's going on? How are you guys doing today? Pretty great, pretty great. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. So every, everybody should know that this little like meeting moment happened at LA Comic-Con. As we know, these three are big, big Comic-Con folks. And I ran into some of them while we were there. And I'm super excited to get to talk to everybody because we we all love the same things. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Wait, I have no idea what you'd be referring to.
0: Um, yeah, I saw you at LA Comic-Con and you were as Hulkling and you had like the big old wings and you had a QR code on the back of it. And I was like, I need to ask this guy about his mother-in-law, AKA the Scarlet Witch. And I just came up to you with that camera. <laughs> and I was like, Hulkling, Hulkling, what do you think of your mother-in-law?
3: And oh, my God. Really well, so response. I walked up to every single person dressed as Wanda or the Scarlet Witch at that convention. And I said to them, you're my mother-in-law <laughs> and got a wide range of responses.
1: Oh, my uh, God. There
3: was maybe one person who knew what that meant. But the, re- the rest of them were kind of like, uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <That> <laughs> um at new york comic-con
0: we went scott was wonder man and we went up to people like especially wanda cosplayers and be like can you name this character and no one knew who wonder man was and it's
2: baffling. well there's a lot of like fans from the mc right that don't if they don't if it's not done in the tv short movies they're not going to get the context it's like the kingpin when i was dressed as bullseye he's like who are you and i was like oh okay
1: yeah I mean, it's good that the movies are bringing in more fans. You know, I just feel like people who read comics, like, we know. If you know,
0: you know. (laughs) know. But it's hysterical going up to Wanda cosplayers and asking them to say no more mutants. And they have no idea what no more mutants is. And then they, will like, whisper, is this a
3: racist thing? And I'm like, no, it's just Wanda's infamous line from the comics. It's hysterical. Oh, yeah. Well, you guys... I know that you have a ton of opinions about everything, which is why we're here. And so I have some Hulkling and Wiccan questions for you to start us off, because I am pretty excited to hear what you guys think about this. Oh, look at you turning the tables yeah. on us. Oh okay. reverse this podcast.
2: I'm yeah, I mean,
3: I, 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 I love to research. I do my research. So I listened to the podcast, a couple episodes of it, and I was like, oh, I know. I, I know what I'm going to ask these people. So here... So here we go. Here's the first one. We're, we're going in we're going in order of spiciness here. So the first question I have for you guys is what what is your favorite thing about Hulkling and Wiccan in the comics? Why do you think why do you, do you like them? Why do you like them?
1: Okay, so I have not read a lot of the Wiccan and Hulkling comics, just uh want to put that out there. But from what I do know, I think their relationship is so cute. I believe that uh Hulkling was not supposed to marry Wiccan like he is like the prince who's supposed to marry somebody else and I think the fact that he just doesn't care like gives in to what he truly wants with Wiccan I think that is I think that's beautiful like mm-hmm. they're just so cute and wholesome
2: yeah Aww. I think that's I was gonna say that too is like reading Young Avengers the first series and then Children's Crusade and pretty much most of the stuff they've been in I kind of almost equate it to Heartstopper where it's it's you know it's an LGBTQ plus relationship that's not done as like the focus because they're gay like it's just it's a natural teenage relationship you know young adult and they're going through the same challenges that anybody at that age would go through in a relationship and they're not making it a huge thing because they're gay and it, it just normalizes everything and I think you know For kids, seeing that now, I mean, I didn't have that when I was younger, and I think it's really nice for the younger generation to get to see that.
0: Yeah, to pull on that thread, I mean, Young Avengers first came out in 2005, 2006, and we just didn't have that kind of representation in comics at the time. So to see these two characters who at the time, Asgardian and Hulkling, and you thought one was Asgardian, the other one was a byproduct of Hulk. And to see sort of that mystery unravel, and then kind of are they, are they not in a relationship? And then I remember when Jessica Jones came up to them and was like, hey, you guys have to decide what you're going to do about your relationship. And Wiccan just looks at Hulkling and he goes, why should Northstar have all the fun? I fell in love with them right there. But also, I'm a huge Wanda fan, so the idea that Billy was one of those twins that had just gotten lost since the Mephisto debacle was so intriguing for me. And the one shot he had where he was in search, him and Speed were in search of Wanda, and they were like, maybe Wanda doesn't want to be found. And then we finally had the entire story culminate with Children's Crusade. I just think they were such great characters coming in at a time where the writing was very solid, the art was very beautiful, and the proper seeds were planted for them. So it's no wonder that they're so popular right now, you know?
3: Oh my gosh, amazing. Okay, we're we're going through these because we got a lot to talk about. Go, so go, 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 go. Given, given that we predict, obviously we don't know, but we predict that Wiccan is going to be introduced in our new Agatha series uh, that Marvel's putting out coming up in the fall. Here is my question. Do you think that Marvel is actually going to introduce Hulkling
2: or not? So I would I would guess that it would be like post credit scene, lasting of the series. If Wickham's actually in it, um, I would imagine the end would be like he's in a coffee shop and he bumps into this cute blonde guy, and voila! It's kind of like left for us to decide. It's him. That's what I, if I'm the producer deciding. Something, that's what I would do.
3: So you think Hulkling will be introduced in Agatha, maybe like at the very end?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't
0: know. I, so... Joe Locke is obviously rumored to play Wiccan. It's not confirmed in Agatha, but it's, for all intents and purposes, on the back end in the Scooper community confirmed, yeah, he's supposed to be Wiccan. So I think Kit Connor has been rumored to be going into meetings with Marvel and Kevin Feige with the idea that it would be Hulkling. Now, the other rumor is, of course, that at the end of the She-Hulk series, we saw Hulk's son... And that they're just going to do an amalgamation of of him and, and, and Hulkling. I hope that's not the case. I really hope that's not the case. But we're going to just have to wait and see. But I think the relationship is going to be there. It's just how it's going to be yeah. executed. But Kevin Feige would be very dumb to fuck with these characters and not keep them as close to the original source material as possible.
1: Well, we're getting Young Avengers. So
2: mm.
1: to not have Hulkling introduced in some capacity... Like it, I think it's a mistake if they didn't like give us something, alluding to that he's coming. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I, these okay. aren't spicy questions at all. I thought you were going to yeah. ask us
3: like who's I, hot yeah. or wicked
0: or Honkling? Oh no, these well, are, like
3: kind of PG. <laughs> well, we can talk. I mean, I mean the that particular part of their relationship is is ultra spicy. But I just I think this is really interesting stuff because nobody knows right yeah. now. I just it's really crazy. Okay, and last one, and then we'll jump into other things. What do you think would be the most wonderful, cute, amazing, elegant, fun way to introduce the Hulkling Wiccan relationship into the MCU?
0: Hmm, I think organically. Uh, just organically how they did in the comics. Just, I think we're living in an era right now that introducing an LGBTQIA plus relationship isn't as contentious as it would have been maybe like 15 years ago. So I just think earnestly showing them meeting, uh, maybe at that coffee shop that Sean had mentioned, them being on the team and then slightly flirting and then snowballing that relationship. Sort of in the way that it parallels maybe... Vision and Wanda in the MCU. I would like some kind of parallels with
3: that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think like a nice, like, slow burn would be cute, especially the way they did it in Runaways with Nico and Carolina, how they just naturally progressed to under like realizing that they cared about each other like that.
2: So I feel like I've already kind of answered in my other answer. I think either like a really meet cute where it's like the end of the series and they meet in like a coffee shop or something really down to earth. Or if Hulkling appears in a different show and then they culminate in a movie and they end up on a team and then it's kind of them. They're growing that relationship in that movie and then it falls in a Young Avengers where they can just kick off. So one of those two.
3: Nice. Yeah. Well, Listeners, familia, I know y'all have opinions on this. So make sure that you're like, like, let us know what you guys think too. Because I love talking to people about this because everybody feels very passionately about it. And so let us know what you think. Like, comment or or send us DMs because I love talking about this stuff.
0: All right, Nathaniel. You said Familia. So you already have Brownie Points here yeah. at the Power of X-Men Treehouse. You're like a list guest going forward. But now we're taking the reins back. And we're going to ask you and Evan this really important question to kick off our episode is give us a background on your fandoms. When did you guys come to comics? When did you guys come to Marvel, The Young Avengers, X-Men, whoever? How did your fandom begin? And-
4: My fandom really started through Nathaniel, actually. Uh, we met back in 2020 and uh, it was the first time I had heard of Wiccan and Hulkling. Uh, I did not read comics growing up. Uh, I was not, uh, an MCU universe or DC comics person. I, I was really just, I, I came in blind, uh, and then sort of fell in love through the movies. Like you said, like a lot of people fall in love through, com- uh, through the, through the universe, through the movies. And that's exactly how I stumbled into it. And then Nathaniel got me my first comic. Uh, and it, it's awesome. It was great. And it was so cool to see these characters that I didn't even think existed, uh, in, in any comic universe, because I just didn't think uh, there would be any characters that would be gay, living a gay relationship, not just coming out, but the years afterwards, uh, and, and that, and it was just really cool to see that. And I hope that you know, at, at least some, or if not all, of what you said and predicted ends up happening, because I
3: I really want to see those relationships play out on screen, not just uh, in the comic books. Well, I discovered Wiccan and Hulkling in about like 2019, 2018, by accident. I actually just saw this picture of these like it was a it was a piece of fan art. I think I think they were both wearing like cowboy outfits or something. Actually, there's there's a lot there's a lot of fun Wiccan and Hulkling art out there. And um, I saw this picture of these two guys and I was like, these guys are cute. What's this? And then I don't think I figured it out. And then I saw it again later and I was like, wait a second. Are these like superheroes? Like what's happening here? And so I looked, I looked him up and I found out what was going on. And the thing for me is that Hulkling, you know, when I, when we were kids and the like original Avengers movies were coming out and Captain America and Thor and all these guys, I was like, I found people like Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth, like very aspirational, like, wow, those guys are so cool. Like, this is amazing. But never did I really feel in my bones that those characters represented me And then I saw Hulkling and it took me no time at all to be like, that's me. That's who I am. And I finally found like the character that I felt embodied so many aspects of me, like as a person. Um, And I just really, I really connected to, to Hulkling, especially. But the fact that he had this relationship with Wiccan and the fact that they were like really together and working together, I was like, now that. It, it resonated with me in a different way than just the aspirational guys with the big shoulders and the, you know, like it was, it really meant something to me and it has ever since. And now I've like read their comics and I know their artists and I like have a, I feel very invested in their relationship. So, <laughs> wait, before I kick it to Sean, I, so I have a question
0: for both of you. Did you guys just not read comics growing up? Did you not grow up
3: with like the X Men Animate series or X Men Evolution? fascinating the x-men animated series yes absolutely and that that was like a like a really important part of my childhood my siblings and i would watch that but not the comic books Mm -mm. we were we were big zelda people at my house like we we love zelda here a lot more time playing video games than than reading comics but that's something that i've come to much later
2: slightly away from the comics for one second um, because obviously you guys are working on this fan movie which means that you have some acting chops and are in the entertainment business give us a little bit of background of your bio how did you get into that I saw Nathaniel you were doing Tarzan recently or are still doing it yeah Um, so yeah what's what's uh, what's your IMDB look like
3: Oh man, I IMDb is is a, more sparse than I would like it to be right now. Um, I did play Tarzan uh, at Moonlight Amphitheater down in San Diego for the summer, which was a blast. Uh, I have a theater degree from Yale, and I lived in New York for many many years and per, like pursuing musical theater. And then uh, in March of 2020, took I was on a cruise ship. And we got on the cruise ship on March 5th of 2020. And two weeks later, we're totally stuck. We were in Barbados, we did not suffer. Um, It was fine, but uh, (laughs) I have been a musical theater performer for a long time and then moved to LA a couple of years ago because I am now more interested in the stories being told in TV and film than on stage, uh, the new work, because it takes so long to create stage productions. And a TV and film is, is I think, much more in tune with where the culture is at. At least I like to hope so. And so now I'm in L.A. and auditioning and doing the whole thing. So, yeah, it's been a wild ride.
2: Enjoying that West Coast weather instead of freezing like on the East Coast. It yeah, is it's bitter, bitter
3: cold now. It is bitter cold
2: yeah, did you post
0: something in your story where you're like, I'll never miss a New York winter because look at California, Christmas here, or something like that?
3: Yeah, it was 75 degrees in San Diego <laughs> on like December 10th. I was like, this is, I'm, I'm a lizard, so what's for me? <laughs> oh my
1: freezed. gosh, same. I'm also a lizard. I cannot do the cold.
3: Yeah, so I, I also
4: uh, went to school for acting at Boston University School of Theater. Uh, I acted quite a bit out of uh, college, and then uh, pivoted to hypnosis and I'm a uh been working as a full-time uh stage and consulting hypnotist uh have a show that's uh, a hypnosis show approach from a therapeutic angle and I've really like pivoted towards that for the last couple years since covid um and and touring with that and this is the first uh acting job that I've done since I think become yeah since becoming a hypnotist um and his uh, reawoken that that love of acting in me because I, I i've missed it and i want to get back into it uh not that i don't love hypnosis i do I, I love hypnosis i love magic but this character kind of felt like this weird like it was a per it was a perfect uh, uh storm of my interest colliding with the character um because Wiccan is very much like a magician and a hypnotist like me <laughs> so i was like oh, this, this, this is a very natural transition for me So, uh, uh, yeah, it's just I I definitely gave Nathaniel a big thank you afterwards because it definitely reawoke that uh, acting bug for me. So many projects I was auditioning for that I just I just felt eh, I'm not I I don't I don't really feel anything for this character that I'm auditioning for right now for this one line that I'm saying as a co-star or a guest star.
3: (laughs) But this was different.
4: Before I kick it to Michelle, I, I have a question for both of you.
3: How did you guys then sync up? You mean on this project or like, yeah, on this project. Uh, I had, I developed this idea after Tarzan. Um, I loved embodying Tarzan and gained a really new physical vocabulary from doing that show. And, uh, it was my therapist actually who said, so what do you want to embody next? And I have, I had wanted to do something with Hulkling for years and was not brave enough to, um, and then I was like, this is what I want to do. And, I actually told Evan sort of about the project and he said something that was incredibly challenging and really, really good for me because I had just planned this as like a photo shoot. I was going to like get some wings, paint myself green and like do like a fun little photo shoot. And he goes, why aren't you just telling the story? Like clearly this story is really important to you. Why are you pulling these punches? Like if you want to do a photo shoot and you want to like, like turn green and look hot, like do that but like, be honest about it (laughs) and then do that. And, but if you want to tell the story, if what's important to you is actually the story, tell, tell the damn story. And then I was like, yeah, I can do that. And I then spent months saving money and, and working extra so that I could have enough money to pay all the artists that were going to get involved and plan the whole thing. And then we did it. So I really owe him a big thank you for that because I, 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 it was originally just going to be me doing Hulkling because I kind of knew that Wiccan was sort of already in the works at Marvel, but didn't know what the Hulkling thing situation was. And I was like, well, Evan, do you, you want to be Wiccan with me? Like, here's the character and like, let's talk about it. And we did it.
1: Oh Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, When you thought about like painting yourself green and like putting together this costume is, was this like your very first time delving into cosplay like how how did your journey start with that and same to you evan like i don't know if this was this your first time putting on spandex
4: (laughs) 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 now that's a spicy spicy (laughs) spicy question has
1: a lot of spandex okay like we wear (laughs) a lot of tight revealing costumes so i mean that was yeah. my. Well, I did some dance prior, so that was not my first time in spandex, but usually cosplay is everybody's like, you know, gateway into uh,
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you wear spandex before, Evan? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, used to, I, used to, I used to be a dancer as well, so that's that was the first time I did it, and I did that as a kid, so I don't know if that really counts, but the uh but the first time I'd ever worn spandex as a non dancer was for this, Um, I'd never done cosplay before. I'd done, um, you know, yeah, I'd never done cosplay before. The closest thing I had done was dressing up as Superman for Halloween one year.
1: That counts, that
4: counts, yeah. It kind of of counts, but I feel like the, the real cosplayers do it not on Halloween, you know?
1: Yeah, on Halloween, cosplayers we're we're like, let's put on a onesie. Like, what's our most basic character that we could be, where we have to make the least amount of effort?
3: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> How did we get that costume off you, Evan? Uh, <laughs> Listen,
1: oh,
2: <laughs> and you can join our OnlyFans for the ten ninety nine a month to get the answer to that question. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh.
4: <laughs> let's just say it took it took some time but it, the whole thing had to be inside out you know it's like you can't okay. you can't take it off and like have it stay in the same
3: um orientation it had to go inside out because it's just so skin tight
1: oh my gosh that's like super professional
3: well i had both of our costumes uh commit i commissioned both of them from a friend of mine who works for cirque du soleil and <gasps> okay. he has made costumes for me before and He's not a comic book guy. I was like, are you into this? He was like, I mean, no, (laughs) which was totally fine. Totally fine. But he did a phenomenal job. And so we picked out fabrics. We, I, we sent him our measurements and he insisted that. So a lot of cosplayers who do Wiccan will sort of make the, like, I call it the galaxy fabric, Mm -hmm. the like star fabric on the side. They'll like find a really nice fabric, um, that can sometimes look a little bit flat. And so, one of the really special pieces about Evan's costume for this is that we actually used an ombre sequin fabric that turns from blue to black, and it gave it so much more dimension and glitter under the lights, especially. And I was like, sequins, like, like I know we're shooting this in Las Vegas, but like, that's that's like super. That's pretty Vegas, man. He was like, just trust me. Who's the designer here? And I was like, you are. And I, the first time I saw it, I was like. This is beautiful. He did a fantastic job. And the wings I had commissioned from an artist in Vietnam who they are fully animatronic. They have a motor, they are very heavy. And she did a fantastic, I sent her two pictures of Hulkling and she came out with these beautiful wings. And the veins in the wings are actually like, like pieces of fabric or string that are inside. They have actual like texture and dimension. So beautiful. It was just amazing, and this was all. This was my first time cosplaying ever, and my first Comic Con ever. Really? So, we'll so yeah. you
2: really went like from zero to sixty, didn't you? You're like, I'm not even. Gonna, I'm going to cosplay once. I'm going to make a movie out of it. Yeah. Yes. Zero zero to sixty. The number of
3: times I was called my Emperor at LA Comic Con, I it was it was. I was so into it.
0: <laughs> Sorry, that
3: was me on the sidelines. Just be yeah. like the
0: Emperor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh Did you run into other Wiccan cosplayers?
3: There were, I think, two Wiccan cosplayers on the day that that were there on the day I was Hulkling. Um, I think there were a couple of other ones throughout the weekend. I did, however, oh my God, the poor Wanda and Vision that I coerced. I was taking photos with uh, one of the, one of the only guys dressed as Wiccan that day, and I saw Wanda and Vision walking walking past, and I was like, I literally bodily dragged them. I was like, family photo, family photo, family photo, <laughs> and I I don't know where that picture is. If anyone <laughs> finds it, let me know because it was so cute. And they're like, okay, and like the <laughs> Wiccan like why, it was why going is on. the Hulk being like yeah. asking for a family photo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was hilarious. So. Wait, so welcome to the
0: Comic-Con cosplay circuit. What were your first impressions going to a con for the first time and probably getting stopped every few feet? I see it with Michelle and Sean all the time.
3: They can't walk more than like a second before they get stopped. Oh, it was it was phenomenal. And I I actually had to really do some processing after the con because my emotions were like right underneath the surface of my skin the whole time. And I, I did get stopped every few feet. I took so many pictures. It was such a wonderful experience to me, or for me. I genuinely don't remember the last time I had so much fun doing something. It was really fantastic. And after the con, I realized that the reason I was so emotional about it is because I, I'm very out about my queerness. That is just part of my life now. But there are plenty of other things about myself that I hide from people. And one of those things is how much I love Marvel and how much I love comics and how much I love video games and the, the world of Marvel, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, all of this stuff, like this sci-fi fantasy genre is so important to me personally, and has really helped me helped pattern my life and given me archetypes to follow and stories to be inspired by. And I am, don't get to, I don't get to express that very often and being around a community of people who are celebrating no matter what incarnation that takes for each individual person, everyone's fandom, everyone's love and investment is celebrated. And that was incredibly meaningful for me. That was, I I was really, I felt so much gratitude for all the people who were there and everyone who just takes it so seriously and is having a good time and Embodying characters and showing their creativity in all these amazing ways. It was, I found it extraordinary, to be honest. So I'm pretty stoked for WonderCon uh in March. It's on the calendar. So hopefully, hopefully you get to have that experience again in a couple of months. You're gonna have the whole team there. We're all going. Oh, I know. <laughs> we'll get a picture. <laughs>
1: well, we'll, we'll all be there. Um, we I feel like we need to do like a cosplay uh-huh. team up or something.
3: Yeah. Great. We'll
1: we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yes. Yes. I feel like, yeah, it could happen. There's also like little cons too. If you need a little boost in between, you know, there's like Pasadena con that's coming up at the end of January as well.
3: Oh, fun. I will say it's very, as cosplay is a little bit like drag in that it is incredibly expensive if you're going really hard.
1: (laughs) Yes. I mean, you went the hardest for your first one. (laughs) Yeah. And if you're going to do that for any others that <laughs> come after this, like you should definitely enter the contest.
3: Well, I wish I could. I, I am disqualified from some of them because I did not make it myself. Oh, so no. I actually did contemplate trying to enter a contest at um, LA Comic-Con. And I honestly think that that is a good rule. I, I really like that it's people who make their own stuff with their own hands and that that form of expression is honored like that because those people are amazing. I am completely in awe of people who have all of those skills and work so hard and put so much of themselves into these unbelievable pieces, to be honest. I mean, just extraordinary, really.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can't even cut a foam thing to make a belt, so I agree with you. anybody that can actually do it themselves. It's a lot of talent.
0: I did not know that you had to make the costumes yourself in order to enter at LA Comic Con, because I was is it michelle like i was
1: there's different rules for each like each contest and con yeah
0: yeah interesting well because i was we drove over with namor cosplay and he was so meticulous about his uh, printout that detailed everything, uh, all the work that went into it, to the point that he had to get out at FedEx and reprint the pages. But he was as Ronin. So you have to see these FedEx employees, like their mouths dropping as Namor walks in as Ronin and printing out all the sheets. And man, it's like you guys... Not envious. i Definitely not a cosplayer here, but there's a lot of work and effort that goes into everything you all do. Even just putting on the costumes and walking around—it's next level.
3: It's it's tough. I have to say, his his cosplay at that con was amazing. It was stunning, yeah. and I di- I didn't get a chance to talk to him because he was being mobbed by people, and I was not in Hulkling. I was in I was in Teddy. I was being Teddy that day, so I was not green and didn't have the wings on, but um, <laughs> it, 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 it truly was extraordinary. So I connected with him on Instagram later because I was like, look, man, like this was phenomenal. You're <laughs> amazing. So impressed. Wait, Evan, so you've never been to a con before? Mm-mm,
4: never before. I'd love to go. I was going to try to go to this one, but I was, I had a show. So I, I was, I was working that weekend. I feel if you both gone onto the con floor in your
0: in your outfits people would go absolutely crazy like you would just have to find a corner stay there
3: and photos <laughs> people will come to you well and my hope yeah my hope is that um hopefully if the project is you know if it comes out and there's no opposition to it <laughs> um a lot of people will see it and then at Wondercon in March uh I'm very much planning to be there so um we'll we'll see hopefully everything will work out but yeah, I, I, really, I really hope that it gets to come out before that and that I get to meet everybody who is who has seen it there. I think it'd be really fun.
1: Have you ever thought about doing like a screener of your film at one of the cons? Like at LA Con, um, I have a couple friends. They did, they did Zombie Con, their movie. Yeah. And they screened it there at the convention and that like they got so much hype for it. It just kind of helps like put the word out there. Like, have you ever thought about doing that for your movie?
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, we, uh, we're we still in post right now. So we're even just kind of even trying to figure out how long it's going to be because mm-hmm. um, we have hours of footage. I mean, we shot for two full days. So we've got we've got a lot to play with. We want to make sure we tell the story as well as we can. And so we're even still trying to figure out exactly what format to do it in. I. My, we're sort of trying to decide between the way I designed it is as a mini TV series, so several different ep- episodes that we would release every couple of days. There is an option to make sort of a short film version of it, where it's all just one thing. Um, but my editor is currently working on uh, working on putting it together, and so this week she and I are going to chat and see what what she what she thinks of the footage. Okay, before we dive deeper
0: into the film and everything, what are some? What what is the general premise? What are you allowed to tell us? um, Yeah, the the basic story here.
3: Yeah, without I, it's so short that any details I give about the story, like is that is the story. So what I will say is that the what I was interested in exploring with this piece and what appealed to me as an artist, not just as a fan, is what what have we not seen Hulkling and Wiccan do yet? What's not in the comics? And I talked to Jim Chung, who is the original artist of of the Young Uh Avengers, about it. And I said to him, have you ever imagined or do you have any drawings of what Hulkling and Wiccan look like when they're in their 20s or 30s? And he said, no, like they're kids. Like it hasn't really i don't think that the the story has yet progressed to a place where they are deep enough in their relationship to be dealing with relate long-term relationship issues as opposed to we're we're newly together and trying to figure this out and so i was interested in creating a piece that explored what it looks like to have two guys who are in a like monogamous kind happy supportive relationship marriage and see what that's like a couple years down the road. And how do they balance that with, you know, being superheroes? And the most important thing to me in this was that I believe that Hulkling and Wiccan's real superpower is their relationship, is the way that they support and are with each other and that their superpowers are secondary. That 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 is more it's almost more of an obstacle than it is the main thing. This is also what I believe Marvel should be focusing on in in the upcoming, you know, things that they'll release is the relationships between these characters and the why and the humanity of them as opposed to the superness of them. And so the whole thing is based on what's it like to live together? What's it like to what's it like to live with a reality bending magician? And a guy who sort of, like, shapeshifts every once in a while.
0: (laughs) Well, and it's interesting that you say that because one of the things that I've never liked about Marvel is their allergic reaction to long-term relationships. Like, with Gene and Scott, yeah, Michelle gets it. Like, it's they they hated Gene and Scott. I mean, listen, I'm a big fan of Scott and Emma, always. But you know when we had a lot of retcons with you know everything that happened with vision and wanda the biggest one being spider-man and mj and the rationale was because like if you show these characters married in a long-term stable relationship it sort of doesn't appeal to younger readers but i don't think they understand that in the case of someone like spider-man mary jane Their their superpower, for lack of a better term, is that relationship, is seeing them together, and people resonate with that a lot more. So I think what you guys are doing, trying to showcase that relationship, not just in its beginning where everything's high drama, but what happens to a relationship with superheroes once you become more long-term, when you're in the decades with someone and your life is a bit more mundane and stable?
2: Well, we're, we're eager to see it, but let's loop back to the beginning. So you've got this idea, you go, let's not make a photo shoot, let's make a movie. How did you guys, like, how do you go from beginning to end of this? Because this is like a monumental task, isn't it? Even just to make a fan film. Like, so you said you're saving up, you know, got to get all these artists on board. Like, how big is the scope? How many people do you have working on it? How long, where did you film? Talk us through the whole process.
3: Oh, I would love to. So here's the thing is I am not wealthy. I am not a rich person. I just have a day job that I am I run a tutoring company and it pays me well enough that I have my living expenses covered for like one of the first times in my life. Hooray, hooray artist. Yay, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. And get those Benjamins. Yeah. yeah well, so I have, <laughs> I have a rule with work that I make, which is that my artists get paid. And so the very first thing that was the most important to me is I knew who I wanted to hire, who I wanted to ask. I had a director. I had a DP. I had costumes. I had makeup. I had Evan. And I basically said, I'm going to pay these people whatever they ask for, because that is my, as an artist, I want artists to get paid. And I think that that culture needs to be, I I think that we have to pay our artists more because my experience is that artists who don't have to worry about what they're going to eat or paying their rent are more able to focus on making great art, which is what they're good at. So that was part of it. It's like, the, yep, <laughs> that was part of the puzzle is I was like, i want I want to make sure that everybody who's working on this project is invested and also is being compensated financially for their time um because I have made a lot of things with volunteers, and that's super great. but I was like, I want the best people that I can hire. and especially in the case, I mean, this is true of everybody who worked on the project, but everybody that worked on this could be working for a studio if they would pay attention to us. Everybody has the level of skill that could make big things that you see on big TVs. It's just we're all millennials, and so nobody cares about us.
2: <laughs>
3: that's not that's not entirely true. That's not entirely true. But I do I do believe that the talent of this particular generation is not being currently being given like a- an ability to show itself or develop because of just the way that the entertainment industry is right now. Um, so basically I tutored a bunch of kids and I saved up a bunch of money and I paid my taxes early and I paid my mortgage. And then I put everything else that I had into, you know, building this, that Hulkling costume was five grand. <laughs> so I, mean, I believe, it. I believe it, it was, it was not cheap. And, but I, I had no choice. I had no choice. I was like, I got to tell this story the best way I can. It's worth everything I can put into it. And we got, really 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 beautiful results from it and I'm very excited about it so I I knew I wanted to shoot in Las Vegas because it's a little bit cheaper to shoot there um and all of my artists were there my Cirque du Soleil artists so my my green makeup was done by a a woman uh, Emily who works for Cirque du Soleil she works on all of their shows and she's mostly a wedding photographer a wedding artist person um but I she does a lot of like contour and body paint, that kind of stuff. And so I knew I wanted her. So I reached out and she said, these are the dates I can do. And I was like, that's when we're shooting. How fun is that? <laughs> like I, I designed, I made it so that everybody could be there and flew. Every, I flew everybody out and we sta- got everybody a hotel was not circus circus is where we stayed. It was, it was not glam. Let me put it that way. But where was, was all that? Where's place? that? I I just got back from Vegas yesterday. It's 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 a
0: little further
2: down the street. Yeah, we know where the wind is. You keep going and oh Oh, you're at the end of the strip.
3: Oh yeah. My gig was at the window.
1: I mean, there's you have an arcade.
3: Yeah. I mean, we had we had fun.
2: Look at Michelle being positive.
3: Evan (laughs) Evan and I were, you know, I was in the green makeup after the shoot on the second day, and Evan and I were getting a lot of attention from especially the employees and people walking around and the next day, I was walking around, saw the same security guard, and she goes, "You know, the other one's cuter." Oh! <laughs> it was. was and I, I was like, "Listen, I'm not going to argue with you. I think the same." So, I mean, <laughs> so anyway, it was. Um, it it was a. To be honest, yes, it was difficult. The hardest part was just earning the money. It was putting in the hours to to afford it, and once, oh when we got to the house where we were sh- where we shot all of our like little interview, wandavision, modern family style section and i saw all of us just click in and focus and all of the other life stuff kind of went away and we were all being artists together i i i t- i just re- i remember the exhale i was like oh now we're doing it like right now And everybody was in their artist mode and it was so collaborative. Everybody was great. You know, Evan had never worked with this director before, who's a really good friend of mine and watching them like, talk about Wiccan and figure stuff out. It was delightful to watch. I mean, it was just so collaborative and fun. And this is what happens when you get highly skilled people in a room together working toward a similar goal, but on a story that people care about. Like you, it's one of the best things about being an artist is collaborating with other artists. And I was very grateful for all of that. Yeah. Evan,
0: how was it being on set, especially with your history with acting and sort of you pivoting and
4: now coming back on, on the set? It was so fun. I had a great time. It 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 was it was awesome because so much of it was improv, and it was just like uh, uh, figuring out okay who are these characters, falling in love with the character that was easy, and then just living truthfully in the given imaginary circumstances and seeing what comes out. And we had you know certain beats that we knew had to be hit. There were certain um, uh, lines. Uh, from the comic books that we wanted to take you know there, there were certain things that we wanted to keep uh, uh, to give it a structure but a lot of it was just improvised and just seeing what comes out of our mouths and what comes out of our bodies and and, and, and playing with that and that's that's my mo man that 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 makes me feel so alive because if i don't know where i'm going as an actor then uh, i feel like the work just kind of takes takes care of itself i don't, I don't have to manufacture anything and I feel like in our subconscious, in our in our in uh, the deepest parts of our psyches, that's where the real creative juices come out. It's better than anything that... Uh, ChatGPT, sorry if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, uh, some, something that somebody can consciously concoct. I think it's always better from the subconscious. Yeah, that's
0: interesting that you said that, especially a lot of the improv, because I just finished reading The Reign of the MCU, the book that just came out. And... I was shocked at how much of the MCU has been improv, especially that first Iron Man. I mean, basically, they just rolled the camera and let RDJ do whatever the fuck he wanted to do. And I think that's sort of where a lot of the magic is for for actors and people who work on these productions. I wouldn't know, because I I don't do acting, but I know when I'm on stage doing, doing auctions, a lot of it is reading the room, reading the vibe, and that's where the real magic happens. So congrats on doing that. For, for this project. And it does look very WandaVision inspired based off of the, the reels I've seen. Why WandaVision? Why, why, why go that route with the, with the confessionals, the modern family vibe. Why, why did you want to hone in on that specific style? I
3: loved WandaVision. I loved it so much. And I thought it was, I, in my opinion, it's one of the best things that Marvel has created. And I feel that way for a lot of reasons. I, the, the relationship between Wanda and Vision and between them and the kids is so beautiful. I think it's one of the best parts of the MCU. I actually recently rewatched Infinity War and was thinking even because it was so long before WandaVision actually and watching their relationship there, I was like, yeah, this was always good. This was always a really good part of this universe. And I loved the style and I thought it was a really effective way to tell the story. And also because Billy is Wanda's son, I thought it would be a fun homage to WandaVision to sort of like what now, now her kid is the one doing the candid cams and in his relationship. And I, it and it worked so well. It was so fun. Watching Evan improvise was a complete joy because he is so funny and was just Aww. so all over the place. And like the grins of our crew as like, he would just like say things and do, it was just fantastic. And, um, I also believe that the the music of WandaVision is really important to me. Bobby Lopez and Christoph Beck, who created the music for that show. I think it's an integral part of that show. And I've listened to a lot of things that they've said about how they made it. And I, I, I just love it. And I think it's a really brilliant way to score a piece like that. So hopefully we'll get, we'll get some, uh, some new compositions on the WandaVision theme in here because Billy's Wanda's son. And I think it's appropriate. And I, I hope I, I. It just it felt quirky and fun and like the right way to tell the story of this relationship, because yeah, it's serious and they have to protect each other and be there for each other, but also they love each other and they're opposites and the you know they're just really different characters together, and so I thought it would be in, in order. I don't have a budget for explosions or like greens Well, you can't use a green screen with hulkling can you um have to be a blue screen but i i don't i don't i didn't have a budget for you know flying and fight scenes although don't don't get me wrong i have them in my head i have this if if kevin feige wants an interview i have this whole thing figured out like i will i will happily take a meeting um but i he's got time he's he's got got time given the status of the mcu right now oh god it makes me sad anyway um I thought that this was the best way to explore their relationship and to center who they are with each other. And it was so fun. I would love to do it again. Like I've got all kinds of fun ideas of of how this could continue because I, I think that people will love it. It's genuine
2: and and fun. I love it. And did you, you said a lot of it was improvised. Did you, Are you the one who wrote the script? Like the parts that are scripted? Yeah. So I,
3: I knew the arc of what we wanted to do. Um, and the story that we wanted to tell given the modest budget that we possessed. Um, but we, we did try and we considered trying to do literal scenes from the comics because they're so well-written, but it was, it was a little bit chaotic and like a tough, for, we, we wanted to, we could have done that, but we all decided as a team that if we are, if we were going to do that, we want to do it well, and we want to do it right. And we want to honor the the writing that has been done on these characters. And we didn't really have time to create, to craft it as well as we can, as well as we can, as well as we are able to. So we decided the improv was the way to go. And if we were to do it again, I think that we would all like to shoot some scenes from the actual comics uh, and, and just do it because the writing's phenomenal. So easy
0: were there any other like fan films that you've seen out there that were sort of an inspiration for this because you know one of the first fan films i saw and michelle sean i'm wondering if you guys saw too was grayson from like 15 years ago where it's like a trailer for like dick coming out of retirement after like batman's dead yeah and then what was it? The there was the Mighty Morphin one. Oh, like, the deep Power deep,
1: Rangers one was with, so good. With
0: Katie Sackhoff.
1: Oh my God. I love that one. If that could be real, it like it needs to be.
0: It was incredible. But did you guys look at any of those previous like fan driven projects for inspiration or see the mechanics of how that sort of worked?
3: Hopefully no. No, I, I, I have been actually using the Marvel movies themselves as sort of the, the roadmap um, for what works and what doesn't work. And I basically went through a lot of those movies and thought, what, what works for me? What what are the parts of this that work really well? And like when I was watching Infinity War the other day, there's this scene where Wanda is fighting. They're in Wakanda, and Wanda is fighting, and then Scar jo comes out. She's and she's losing, right? She's like one on one fighting, and she's losing. Then Scar jo comes out, and so does I. I can never pronounce her name. The general of Wakanda, the unbelievable. um Thank you. Very much. Yeah, and they come out. And they fight with her, but it's not about the fight. It's about their relationship to each other. What is cool about that fight is that it's women defending women. That is awesome. I would watch that all day. It's like the scene in, um, I remember the way that the movie theater erupted in Endgame when like all the female characters come out and just oh, like start. It's, it A-force. was. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. And so I looked at what Marvel has done. So 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 well, and thought, okay, how does that translate into this medium? So that that was kind of where I looked at how to get some of the structure down and like what what would work, and uh, I guess we'll see.
1: Did you also plan it that way so that in case Kevin Feige sees it, he can just kind of extend what you've already created and give you a bigger budget? Like, yes, I mean,
3: yes, I did. <laughs> I I really believe. Here's here's my here's my pitch. The multiverse is wide, okay? The multiverse is wide. There are lots of opportunities. I think that there are some really surprising ways to make this meaningful to people again. And one of my pitches for Hulkling, if they're doing the Young Avengers or Champions or some amalgamation of the two, I would go see that movie in a heartbeat if some of the older versions of those teenagers, young people came to help them. And they had a relationship with their older selves. I've thought about this a lot because I have thought about how I want Hulkling introduced into the MCU quite a lot. And my dream scene is that the young Avengers are losing a battle. And like some gross alien, like has their hand over Billy's mouth so that he can't use his magic. He can't do any of his spells. And then all of a sudden this aliens in pieces and you hear somebody say, hey hands off my husband. And then Aww. there's there's Hulkling with the sword and then, and maybe it's an older version, maybe it's not. But like, I, I think that there are so many ways that are meaningful to people that are a little bit of a departure from the formula that has worked for Marvel for so long. And we have to, it, it, it's, I just don't believe that it's gonna get back into the culture or into the hearts and minds of the people who care about it so much, unless there are some risks that are taken. And unless we try something new, because that's what people want to love it. That's what I learned at Comic-Con. Everybody wants it to do well and they want to love it. And the, a lot of people are not very optimistic about what they're gonna do with the young Avengers. And I, and including some of the creators and some of the people who have helped create this, this world because we, people care about it so much. And I, I think it, I think that we have to take some risks and I think that it could be so relevant and really recapture the imaginations of people if we are telling stories that are important. I'm so emotional. Telling stories that are important to people now, that they want to see now. And I I think it's there. It just has to be done.
2: So that's something we've talked a lot about on past episodes is like why the MCU and the expanded universe is, is kind of on a downward swing. What do you think is contributing to it? I think that people are tired of aliens and explosions.
3: I think that what's important is the relationships. And I think that what people care about are, I've thought about this a lot because when the original event, when Iron Man, Captain America Thor came out, they really, they were new. It was a new genre, but it also really reflected what the United States was dealing with culturally at that moment. And that was like almost decades ago now and we have evolved and changed we need stories that are that have evolved and changed that's why this queer story is so important and i think if marvel does not include the hulkling and wiccan relationship in some form i think that is a massive mistake i think that that would i think that that would actually really harm them if they don't do that if they cuz i believe that they're in, they rely on international box office sales. And I I don't think that the relationship might do very well in China and India. And I, I understand that that's a concern of theirs. But if they don't include the stories of millennials and Gen Z and what's important to us, we're not interested. I'm not interested. Like why? I don't need more aliens and explosions. I want to see two guys figure out how to support each other and and make a difference to the world by helping each other. That's what's important to me. Yeah.
0: And in fairness to Marvel though, recently they have pushed back on the the China, the Chinese box office, and they've really tried to stick with their guns on it for better or for worse. But as as we approach the end of the interview, I want to ask you guys a really quick question. So obviously you two are the stars of this fan film. Is there a secret Wanda cameo? Is there a secret other keep it in mind you guys do have a budget and all that stuff. It, could could we see a vision, a Wanda, another young Avenger in there?
3: I will, I will answer this one, which is that as I literally went through WandaVision and every clip of Elizabeth Olsen that I could find and decided that I'm going to, it, it's probably best for us to minimize our liability, <laughs> <laughs> and not include, not include. And we don't, we don't have another cosplayer, but there is an end credit scene, of course. We gotta, okay. we gotta get, gotta get it set up to see where this might go in the future. So,
0: you need to hit up our girl Emma Dumont as Polaris. Come in.
3: <laughs> yes, yes. Get the
1: auntie in there. <gasps> that would be so epic. Oh my
0: gosh, I'm here. Polaris walks in with like a coffee, and she's yeah. like, "I'm sorry, like, who hey are boys. you guys again?"
1: <laughs> like, yeah.
3: Like the cool auntie's here.
1: Yeah, like don't worry, boys. Auntie's got it. <laughs>
3: Evan, because Evan didn't really get to answer this. Evan, wh- why? What did you find important about this story? What did? What does it mean to you? Well, I, I, we talked about this a little bit
4: um, while we were making it happen, and um, in the days after. But I, I, I think for me, you know, I'm 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 gay as well, and the stories that I remember growing up with and seeing were mostly about men coming out of the closet or having forbidden love um, having a relationship that wasn't allowed or not being accepted. And that's definitely part of the gay experience. Absolutely. It was definitely part of my experience in certain, uh, certain capacities, but, uh, by and large, like, uh, there's a book called the velvet rage, which is about, uh, the years coming, uh, after coming out and how that's really the most difficult time for, uh, a gay man and exploring like, okay, what does it mean to be gay now in the world? I've come out now, what, what happens? And, um, I haven't really seen many stories about that. You know, uh, uh, there's um, there's some that are coming out. There's some that exist now, and that's really exciting, but I just want more. And, and like Nathaniel said, there's not a lot of stories about uh, guys in a relationship, gay guys in a relationship in their 20s and 30s, figuring out what to do. And that was what was so awesome about this and kind of what brought me back into acting. I was like, oh, cool, a character that I can, that I really want to see. That I, that I haven't seen uh, a lot of and want to see more of and made me super excited to play. Yeah, that
0: Alan Downs book came out in, I, I'm trying to Google it here, but my Wi-Fi isn't working that well. Um, I believe it was 2004, 2006 when it came out. And I used to work in book publishing back when all you had were coming out stories for LGBTQIA plus youth. And that book really was revolutionary. And And I think that's really important to also stress that the gay experience, there is much more to it than just coming out. And it's not all like peaches and roses. It, it it does get better, especially you know leading up to coming out and finally making that leap. But just like everyone else on this planet, we have human experiences and stories. And a lot of that does get mitigated. So we're excited to see that for Wiccan and Hulkling.
2: Yeah, I think to see it in like a mainstream capacity, because there's so like, there are a lot of LGBTQ plus movies. A lot of them are very art house, and they're very you know, they're not in the mainstream thing. They're not portraying you know, like having gay characters like Hulkling that are you know strong and big and 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 a different portrayal than what we see back in like the, the late '90s, early 2000s. You know, where there was you know very specific genres of what gay guys would look like in movies. Right? Um, I think is really really important. So, um, I've got two really quick questions. before it. Present company excluded. Uh, who would you cast as Hulkling and Wiccan if you could fan cast them? Oh, that's a good question. I
3: mean, the thing about Kit, Kit Connor, is that a lot of the stuff that I have posted on the internet, the comments are, you're not Kit Connor, so no. <laughs> so, and I'm like, okay. The alright. internet. <laughs>
0: I know right? you can't I... post anything anymore without people getting in a tizzy. Of course, you're not Kit
3: Connor, and of course, this is a fan driven project. Yeah, right. I the as I I think he's great and he's phenomenal. I will say that to me, one of the actual like hallmarks of the Hulkling Wiccan relationship is that Hulkling is very large, and so I. To be honest, like, yeah, there are lots. I'm sure there are like lots of guys like maybe maybe like an Austin Butler type thing could be fun. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is so important to me. I really need this actor to be queer. I as much as I love like like there's so many amazing actors. One of my one of the things that really hit me about Red, White and Royal Blue that came out is I was like, how are these are these the right people to be playing queer roles? Because that is because we are here. We are here and there are plenty of talented people who can do it. And I, we understand our stories the best. And I would like, I would like for queer people to be able to tell their own stories. And so, because I, I think that's actually kind of tough because there are lots of things that go into casting, but that's one of the reasons why I wanted to tell this story this way is because I was like, well, i I, I know some queer people who could tell a queer story. So let's do it. If, if I, if, if I, if I had to pick somebody for Wiccan, probably like Troy Sivan,
4: I think would be, would be a cool choice. Um, and he's definitely having a moment right now too, which would be like a perfect, but I, I, I think uh, the current casting is is great. I just think that there should be more than two uh, staple actors as gay characters. Cause right now it's, you know, <laughs> it's Joe Locke and, <laughs> and Kit and that's it. So like, I, I just, I, I want more. And I yeah, think, well- uh, Where's
0: the diversity with that in, even in terms of content? Because right. you already have Heartstopper.
4: That's it. Is we're we just getting an mcu are we just gonna get them in different relationships forever? Is that it? And I, I yeah. So that's my challenge to to people. Yes, you you know, they're they're wonderful actors and um the the casting is great and I, I
3: think like kudos to you. I just want more. I want more diversity. And, you know, with the I i this is maybe perhaps a little bit of a spoiler, but the with the hint of a queer relationship that we were given in the Marvels, I was like, yes, but like not enough. <laughs> like it is not enough to just like make it sort of be something where queer people are like there it is, and then nobody else knows what's going on. Like we I we need to be a little more direct about it, I think, because this is part of our social and cultural evolution is casting these queer people, people who are from all these diverse backgrounds and have diverse ways of being human, in roles so they can tell their own story so that the greater culture can understand and accept that there are lots of different ways of being a human being. And, And I think that's really important. I really do.
2: So when does the movie come out? That is the last most important question.
3: Indeed. So we are aiming for a February release uh, that we are on track to release it in February. We were going to, re- I really wanted to release it like on Valentine's Day. And then Madam Web is releasing on Valentine's Day. And I'm not trying to like step on any toes with that one. However, my hope is that our big gay moment will come out on Valentine's Day. So we we shall see because it's, it's gay. It's gay. So, and uh, I, I hope that people enjoy it, that aspect of it, but hopefully that's that's the plan. So we'll see, but I will say that it is much more important to me that this is as good as possible. And I give my incredibly talented artists enough time to work on the post-production to make it excellent as opposed to fast. I, I really so want to a prioritize- a different
2: approach them. to Marvel right now then. <laughs> Correct, that's
3: right, yeah. Yeah, I want them to have enough time to do their best work because it's my belief that if you do your best work and that's what you put out, you have nothing to regret. Whereas if you speed it and try and get it out too soon, then you might say, ah, oh, we just had enough time. So that's my hope.
0: Wait, so mini episodes or a full length feature? How is it? You're still deciding on that?
3: We're, we're still deciding. My hope is that it's in episode form, but there are a couple of different considerations going into that. And um, I think that the episode the little mini episode form would be really great. I'd be like, do you see how great a Disney plus show this would make like like and my and here is my hope and to anyone listening, if you want to support this project, this is how you can do it. The more views and engagement and sharing of this that happens I'm I'm dead serious like that really helps us because if people are seeing it and understanding, even if, Even if we get thumped by Marvel, even if, you know, it, it just kind of like languishes in obscurity or whatever, if other people can see this project and understand what is possible, then we have more chances of getting stories like this told. And the more people engage with it and the more popular that it actually becomes, the better an indicator that is for people who have the budget, the access and the resources to say, we should make more of these stories because clearly people actually want them. So that's really helpful for us. So, um, I, and I really appreciate and advance all, all of that engagement, but, you know, don't do it if, unless you like it. If you don't like it, then don't like it. But if you like it, I, w- that is a really great way to
0: support us. So, and where can folks hit you guys up? Where can they find information on the feature for you guys individually? Where can we share it? Throw it up there.
3: Yeah, my Instagram is at Nathaniel Dahlquist, N-A-T-H-A-N-I-E-L-D-O-L-Q-U-I-S-T. And that is currently our plan. We're gonna release it on social media. So we are trying to get some formatting things figured out. We'll probably, we're gonna try for a YouTube release also, but it is probably gonna be housed on my personal social media. So that's that's the place to go look for it. And you can see all of our pictures from Comic-Con and little teaser trailers and things that I'll release there as well. Evan, how about you?
4: And my personal Instagram handle is at Evan Gambardella, which is my full name. It's E-V-A-N-G-A-M-B-A-R-D-E-L-L-A. All right.
0: we're going to have fun. Familia, hit them up. And Michelle, where can folks hit you up? I mean, anyone who engages with this community knows where you're at. Uh,
1: You know I'm on Instagram at Michelle Waffalo. Or just search Michelle Waffle. I'm the only one I think on Instagram.
0: What about you, Sean?
2: Yeah, and you can just hit me up on Instagram at VarianLive.
0: All right, Familia, we'll see you next time.